Welcome to The Scott Pod, a podcast celebrating the life, work, art and music of Scott Hutchison, Frightened Rabbit, Owl John and Master System. Each episode of The Scott Pod will be divided into three parts. The first part is a discussion with a special guest who's done something noteworthy to preserve Scott's legacy. The second part is dedicated to community submissions from those within the Frightened Rabbit community to promote all activity that benefits any of Scott's worthy causes. The final part of the podcast is a listener's cover submission of any of Scott's songs, as chosen by the special guest for that episode. On this episode, I'm joined by Aid Cartwright. Since Scott's passing, Aid has worked tirelessly to create lasting legacies to Scott through his involvement in projects installing Scott's Bench in Kelvin Grove Park, Glasgow, the Woodpile Bench in Haining by The Lock in Selkirk, through the Midnight Organ Flight Project, and through an infamous Glastonbury tribute show featuring Frank Turner. Whilst Aid's name is a familiar one to Frabbits across Facebook and social media more broadly, this episode aims to pay homage to a fan who's made more than tiny changes in Scott's honour. We begin by discussing Aid's most recent efforts in raising money and awareness for tiny changes at Glastonbury 2022. Aid is joined by fellow Glastonbury volunteer and fellow creator of Pint for a Pal, Loz, for the start of this chat. Our interview was recorded over Zoom with Aid on site at Glastonbury Festival, where he's volunteering in aid of tiny changes. Whilst the audio isn't perfect, it's pretty good for folk in a field at the world's most significant music festival. As a trigger warning, as ever, Scott's death is mentioned in passing, and there may be a brief appearance from the great man himself later in the episode. This episode contains swearing. You have been warned. Do you want to take us through what you're up to at Glastonbury 2022 in aid of tiny changes. We went for a charity before called Small Steps. Small Steps Project, yeah. Yeah. We did litter picking for them, but unfortunately, this time out, they said they weren't doing it again. So I approached the lady, the owner who organises all the litter picking team, and said to her, I know a fabulous charity of a lovely band who used to play at Glastonbury a few times. They've set up a charity in honour of the lead singer, Scott. Can we join in? And she sent the message back. She's like, yeah, fine. So there's, how many is 25 in our group. It's amazing. We're all here and ready to go. We'll be down on the pyramid stage at six o'clock in the morning on Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday morning, picking up all the rubbish that everyday folks leave behind. (laughs) Well, I hope the weather holds up for you. Tonight we've got our crew bar crawl. All of the guys who are helping out with the litter picking, they donate their time for free, but they're helping out with the crew bar crawl. So we get all the staff together and we go around all the secret staff bars that are around the Glastonbury site. There's 12 of them in total, we think, that we found so far. All the staff are getting together. We're all meeting up this evening. So, yeah, I've got some wristbands made up online. And he was like, you want to buy some wristbands from us? Just said to everyone, oh, just give us five as a donation. All the guys are in the litter pick and have also been trying to sell the wristbands as well. So we've raised a lot more money that way. And everyone who's bought a wristband, all the money is going to go to tiny changes. We've got a little card machine to take donations on the way as well. Yeah. High techno. <laughs> That's tonight, so it's a good job you're speaking to me today because, well, I don't know what fit state I'll be into tomorrow. We're very excited to hear a bit more about Pint for a Pal. I think it's almost full swing now, isn't it? But yeah, Pint for a Pal, find a pint for someone who's not here or someone who couldn't make it or someone that's no longer with us. Just like, buy a pint for them, have a pint for yourself, raise a glass to them. Yeah. Like a virtual pint, so you buy them a beer even though they're not here. Then tag them, text them, send them a message, just say, thinking about you, wish yeah. you were here. or Sticking two fingers up at them saying, I'm here, you're not, ha-ha. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. 
But uh, checking in on you, mate, it's just like keep the conversation flowing. Whatever the cost of their favourite tipple would be, donate that money to Tiny Changes. So, yeah. And if any of the Frabbits have joined in, we're going to ask them to hashtag Frabbits as well, so we know who they are. If they've joined in, what we're going to try and do is do a draw for a couple of the T-shirts. Is it restricted just to Glastonbury, or is it going wider? Depends. If it works at Glastonbury, then we'll do it for wherever and whenever. Yeah, we've got Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, WhatsApp group. Yeah, we've got all the handles at Pint for Rappel. So, yeah, we're just going to carry on posting them. And if it's a success this year, we'll do it again next year. If we get to one person, one person phones their mate. One person says hello, that it's worth it. How's everything looking at Glastonbury in terms of your setup? You're 25 people, you're all good to go? We're all good to go. We're all camped around our point for a pal flag <laughs> with a beer on it, 25 of us. We're nearly all here now and settled in. So crew bar crawl tonight and then we crack on. We work on Friday morning, so we've got a couple of days of messing around, really, you know? yeah. yeah. Nothing too serious, just drinking a few beers. Our group of uh, 25, though, I haven't even met half of them, but... That's what is good about Glastonbury. You just meet a bunch of strangers. Everyone gets on well. Everyone's just good vibes to be around. And it's, it's a perfect fit for tiny changes. Yeah. The last time I was over at Glastonbury volunteering, it was the most fun I've had at Glastonbury, including times that I've been a punter. So absolutely recommend volunteering to anyone there. I think no matter what cause you're going and supporting, it's good work. It's good people. Everyone's there for the same reason. Looks like you're getting the weather, which is perfect. It's cooled down a bit today. Yesterday was... Oh. Yeah. It was a bit too warm. Yeah. You, you can't please us festival folks sometimes, can you? It's where you go to bed at like four in the morning, it's absolutely freezing. And then it's eight in the morning, it's absolutely boiling. Yeah, you're wrapped up warm again. You're like, what's that? I'm sweating. Fall out your tent. You can't win. But the great thing is, you know, everyone's Good. going through it as well, which is. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Aid, it's a pleasure to have you back on the podcast. No, it's a pleasure to be back. We've got so much to discuss because you've done so much. And as I mentioned briefly on our call last time, your name has been one of those names that I've seen in, well, pretty much all the groups in respect of Fright and Rabbit. Only in you sending me over a bunch of stuff and our discussion last time, did I realise just how much you've done for Tiny Changes yeah. and in keeping Scott's legacy alive over the years. So felt like a really natural decision to have you back and do a proper episode. What first drew you into commemorating Scott? I've mentioned it a couple of places before. I live in Worcester and my wife's from Selkirk area, Gala Shields. She moved down from there down to Worcester with work and we met up in one of the groups and we were chatting. She mentioned Fried and Rabbit and I was like, oh God, Fried and Rabbit, I love them. And she couldn't believe that somebody all those miles away knew about Rabbit. They were still just playing tiny little venues up around by her. She said, well, they just played in the pub down the road from me. You can't have heard from So we got chatting and over that. It was our mutual love of Fried and Rabbit that brought us together. We went off to see the band numerous times across the country and at numerous festivals. Always, always had a cracking time. Really good. Yeah. And then when, unfortunately, we lost Scott, I wanted to do something because he played a role in myself and Amanda getting together so I tried to think of what to do and I couldn't think of anything but I thought oh we just get one of those benches with a plaque on it that that'll be fine so I had a look into it needed sort of like 1500 pound I think it was approached Glasgow Council and they're like yeah that's fine so I put a fundraising page for it set that up and I say I can't remember what she ended up with now it's about 14,000 I think maybe 15,000 it was all such a blur it just kept going up and going up and going up and I was like 
shit, what am I going to do? <laughs> it was quite scary then. So I got the bench done. Yeah, and we got that put in place. We did a grand unveiling when the big sleep out thing in Glasgow that they do. They had that at Calvin Grove Park. And we had the bench placed in Calvin Grove Park as well. So we did the grand unveiling on the same evening of the sleep out. Grant came up, family came up, other bands came up, people who were performing there came up. I don't remember anything because it's such a blur for me. I was so nervous. It was just like, <laughs> Jesus. These are like famous people. These are people from like Biffy Clyro and stuff. And I'm like, wow. <laughs> so I blocked them out. I thought, I can't just go, da-da, here's your bench. So I'm going to have to do a speech. I'd never done anything like that before. I cobbled together a sort of speech and did the dedication. It was fine. I survived. We went down, watched the gig after that. Had a wonderful time. So uh, yeah, that was bench one. I was at the sleep out as well. I wandered past the dedication and didn't really grasp what was going on although I figured I understood that it was for Scott I didn't know whether I should stick around or whether it was a personal family thing so I didn't know whether you in some way connected to the band and I was just about to walk all over a very personal moment it was such a sight to see so many people that you admire and people that obviously were then going on to do something really big for Scott in a couple of hours later not just for Scott but for sleep out and for social bite and um, which obviously an amazing cause that Scott was so keen to play for but I took a little trip I think probably ooh, seven in the morning, six, seven in the morning, just as it was wrapping up and went and sat on the bench for five or so minutes and really soaked it in. And I mean, I don't think you could have picked a nicer place in Kelvin Grove to have it placed. We were down there. Amanda, my wife, was there and we sat down on the bench before the plaque had been put up. The bench was there and we sat down. We could hear the guys sound checking in the background. It was amazing. It's beautiful. We sat on the bench listening to do old fashioned. It was emotional. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you've mentioned it raised a stupendous sum for, for Scott's causes at the time. I don't believe Tiny Changes was in place at the time. So do you remember no, where it, all the rest of the money it, went? Scottish mental health authorities, it went to them. But we had some of the money left over. We wanted to do something else. We wanted to do something a bit more personal. Not that it wasn't personal, the bench one, but we wanted to do something that was bespoke, more suitable to Scott, really. Find out about these charity that have been working and they try and get kids who've had quite difficult upbringings, maybe, or that need an extra leg up along the way. It supports them to start up their own business. Because we found out these three girls, a couple of them were Front Rabbit fans. They came on board with us. All together, we designed this bench. They had some proper designers helping along the way so they could sort that out. And yeah, that's how it all came together. These three girls made the bench, got in touch with the Haining. They were more than happy to come on board with us. They were coppicing and felling the trees at the time. They kept a few trees back for us as well. They kept us a beautiful area. I think a few people will know that would have been up there by now, but it's the end of the lock, overlooking the lock. Yeah, it's a beautiful, beautiful spot. So we had that placed up there. It took a while, but yeah, some of the funds we had left over, it paid for some of those guys to have a little bit of training on some aspects of sort of like woodworking carpentry that I hadn't covered before and a few tools as well. And I see the, the tools are there with them for life. So all the guys who donated, they played a little part in these girls' history that's going to go on and form their lives in the carpentry world. Well, if anyone hasn't seen pictures of the wood pile bench, as I believe it's called, it is absolutely stunning. And you all did a fantastic job, both in terms of raising the funds for it, those who designed on it, those who built it. It is spectacular. People can check it out if they're heading up to Selkirk, Haining Lock. I believe it was dedicated in November last year, November 2021. Is that right? If you remember when there was the big storm, we were up there on the Friday evening trying to put the thing together in the rain and the wind and the hail and the snow and God knows what else was coming down on us. We were up there by torchlight. One of the guys had come up who was one of the volunteers that was helping us. He was bringing the wood up in his dumper truck. Then it went dark. Then it went very windy. 
we were doing a lot of it by torchlight then. And then all we could hear was these big crashes and bangs around us. And we shined the torch over and the trees were going down. And we're like, okay, maybe we should go now. So we made our way back. We managed to drive out. We went back the next day and there were just trees all over the place. They'd all come down over the pathways, blocked it. We'd have never got out. We just spent the night in the back of a transit van in the um, howling wind, sat at the end of a cold lock. We survived, the bench survived, and we got there. It is amazing. If COVID hadn't happened, I'm sure it would have been out a little bit earlier, and I'm sure we'd have had a lot of Frightened Rabbit fans turn up to the initial dedication. But it is amazing to see some of the stories that are already coming out of it. I've noticed in various groups that a couple have got engaged there. The guys essentially run a marathon around it as well, which is a superb effort and must be absolutely spectacular. And what a lovely place to draw fans together from across the world. It is. It's a beautiful piece of carpentry and love. It emanates from the place. And everybody down there, all the locals that we've spoke to or been in contact with, they're all proud of it. Scott's their hometown boy. They're proud of him and the bench. It's nice to have another tangible legacy that people can go and visit, go and pay their respects at or celebrate at. Exactly. Go and have a drink, go and have a sing, go and do whatever they want. I wouldn't mind at some point having a few folks gather up there, maybe around Scott's birthday one of the years, bring your guitar, have a sing-song and a few drinks. I'm sure we can sort something out along the lines of that. One of the girls off the back of doing the bench, she ended up working on a major film that was filmed in Glasgow doing some of the set design. Can I say what the film was now? No, I still can't say what the film was. <laughs> <laughs> it's Embargo. It's a major blockbuster film that she's been working on doing some of the set design and set work for them. So the bench had something partly to play with that. Something else to be proud of from there. But when I found out about the couple who got engaged there, I was like, wow, how have I managed to be a part of that? Although I haven't had an invite for the wedding yet, which is a bit <laughs> upsetting. But um... Maybe if Haining does reopen by then, it feels like they must have some connection to wanting to go there. Maybe that's the destination. It's their wedding venue. Yeah, they'll be happy with that. Absolutely. <laughs> But it's not just benches. We've talked about other little bits and pieces that you've done before, but another big project you're involved in, quite yeah. centrally involved in, was Midnight Organ Flight, which is another Facebook group that Keen Frabbits will be aware of. But do you want to explain the origins behind it, when it started? Yeah. Well, I came up with another stupid idea to maybe raise some money. I didn't realise how long these things would be and how much time they'd take, but it's a labour of love. I've loved doing everything, which is why I have some more plans in the pipeline. But yeah, we thought about wanting to connect the fans more personally and came up with the Midnight Organ Flight. Basically, we we're going to get a group of fans around the UK and just one person to play the record, make a video themselves or make a note or a gift or a picture or just put something in there, something nice and send it on to the next Frabbit. They do the same on to the next person. So what I call five or a piece, that'll do, just to cover a bit of admin things. And yeah, we put the call out and we ended up with 500 people from around the world so yeah we've ended up with five albums traveling around the world like uk one america one australia one and it's been all over the place it's been amazing some beautiful beautiful videos come back you can find them on youtube find them on the midnight organ flight facebook group as well so that for one of a better word took off it's still traveling around now as we speak you weren't kidding about it going all over the world because just in the past few posts on the page you can see that it's been to New Zealand, it's crossed over to Australia, it's well-travelled through Eastern yeah. Europe. I've got a beautiful video to post when I get back. It's from the guys who were, it's a guy called Peter, and he helped produce the record. And it's from their studio, where they've still got a lot of the instruments and the boards and the mixing tapes and mixing everything from the ones that were used by the guys when they recorded it. 
the things that have happened, the synergy of it all and how everything's come together, everything's just ended up perfect. It is so spectacular how well it's travelled and the notes that fans are leaving for each other, if they're posting it along, inspiring to read and really nice reminder of why you're doing this, I suppose. It really does connect people. You were planning on speaking to Michael Pedersen at some point. They did one of the first videos himself and Withered Hand was there and Marley McNish was there, a few others. And they did one of the first videos, which again, it's on the YouTube channel. And it wasn't that long after we'd launched like the others. It's beautiful and such a different angle as they all are, on playing an album and videoing yourself, playing a track. But the imagination that people have used to interpret each track has been brilliant. Mine's on there as well. Obviously, mine is one of the best. (laughs) (laughs) It's really nice to see both yourself engaging in it and, and throwing such a heartfelt but also really nice video, giving an example of what people could do when they receive it. And then seeing people go completely the opposite direction, do something completely different and creative and wonderful. And it's really inspiring. And I'm sure if people aren't already involved, I know there's waiting lists, but is it worth people still signing up and throwing their name in the hat? They can try if they're still going to be interested in a year or two's time. It's taking its time to wander around. A few people need a bit longer than others. And then obviously some people have moved and they've wandered off. The album's been lost as such a couple of times, but it's come back on track and it's starting to move again. Anybody's more than welcome to add themselves to the list, as I say, but it might be a while. But we message everybody and check they're still there and check they've still got the same phone number and address before we ship it on to them. Obviously, we'll ask them if they want to meet the person who's got it at the moment, ask people who's got it at the moment, if they wouldn't mind meeting up with them put them in contact and just say if you want to meet somewhere safe and public. There's a few Frabbit fans who didn't know they had them a couple of doors down the road who are nice friends with people. It's another connection that I think all the Frabbits should be really proud of. Amazing bunch. More Frabbits knowing other Frabbits out in the world, which is it's never a bad thing. If we get a wedding out of that one, I'm definitely <laughs> getting it. <invite. laughs> <laughs> Here's to hoping. On top of uh, keeping yourself busy erecting benches and with the Midnight Organ Flight project. You've also had other frabbit related tribute shows, performances. I believe last time, or time before last, at Glastonbury 2019, there was a Frightened Rabbit tribute show that you were involved in. Yeah, one of my friends, Ali. She's here today. She's part of the litter picking crew now. I've been talking to Ali. She wanted to do, again, a tribute to Scott. The guys had played at Glastonbury a few times, loved the place. Ali was going to do an acoustic set up at the Stone Circle, which is a beautiful idea in itself. I put a call out for some Frabbits who are here to come and join us, and a lot of people turned up. I also managed to get Frank Turner to come along and do a do a few songs with us as well. It was amazing. Again, really, really nice thing that happened, really beautiful thing. I filmed a bit of it for my video for the Midnight Organ Flight. Frank and I started singing. It was glass to me. The nerves had kicked in. I'd had a couple of beers, and we were singing. We both forgot the lyrics. But, yeah. The clipper, that's made it into my video for the Midnight Organ Flight. But yeah, not, not my finest hour, but yeah, look back at it with a laugh. <laughs> there was lots of rabbits there and obviously this connection with like Fried and Rabbit. You hung around, you have a chat with everybody. You were sort of like having a laugh. Joining with a few more songs with Ali. Again, beautiful afternoon. My friend came up and he was like, yeah, Frank Turner, he's all right. I've got a couple of his albums. And then he was doing a secret set at Drummerville. We went to go around and get in. And he was like, oh, it's too packed. We'll never get in. It's ram packed. I was like, hang on. He said, what are you doing? I'll just text Frank's manager. <laughs> she came out of the back and said, no, you come, guys. And you go. So we stood by the side of the set and watched you set there. And my mate, who wasn't really bothered, he sung along with every song and a big smile on his face. 
I think he was having me a longer bit. If you listen to this, Andy, I know. <laughs> that is amazing. It's also great to hear that Frank was so open with it. And obviously it's not an isolated incident with him. I know he's been involved with projects over at 2000 Trees commemorating Scott as well. Uh, it just seems like he's, he's quite happy to throw his hand in anything that might help the cause. Lovely guy. It's lovely that it's such a connected community, isn't it? How did you discover Scott's music or Scott's art? I have no idea. All I can remember is, it's one of the songs of Grey's, I can't remember the life movie which one it was, and it was on the radio really late. And it's one of those ones where you first hear it in the background and it just suddenly catches your ear and you're like, what the hell is that? There's a few songs that you think just, just pop up every couple of years that just grab you and you're like, wow, this is, this is good, this is special. I didn't do anything about it, but the name stuck in my head. Stumbled across them again. I was like, oh yeah, get the album. I remember they were called, yeah, and that's it. Just fell in love with the band. As I say, I went to see him a few times across the country, a few special gigs. I say the one at Glastonbury springs to mind. They played on the other stage. They played a storming set there, but they were playing on Williams Green stage a little bit later. We went there to watch them and they came on. First thing they did was apologise. They'd forgotten they were playing the second set and they took advantage of the free bar behind the other stage. So they were slightly worse for wear when they got there. They decided they would do the set, but it was one of, one of the greatest sets I think we've ever seen them. It was just a few hundred people in the tent. They were drunk as anything, bless them. <laughs> Scott was trying to teach us how to, um, how to swear in Scottish. <laughs> so, <laughs> it was a cracking night. So I've seen them many times. I can't really remember how I stumbled across them, what the radio station was. So the other stage and Williams Green shows were 2016. Did you catch them at 2010's Glastonbury? Oh yeah, 2010 and 2013? Yes. Of course I did. <laughs> I'd have been at Glastonbury and the guys were here. Of course I was going to see them. <laughs> 2010 Glastonbury performance almost or just about clashed with England playing Germany in a rather disappointing but heavily attended screening of the match on one of the traditional parking fields that they converted into a large screen area for England fans to go and watch the game. If you're at the Glastonbury, it was the best hour and a half to catch bands if you wanted absolutely no crowd, because it was yeah near on half capacity everywhere. Or it was the absolute worst place if you're trying to walk past or round other stage, because I think that was the main concourse to get to this separate field where the match was being screened. I think I caught quite a lot of Frightened Rabbits set from just over the other stage field, which was not ideal, given that I'd have loved to be front and centre. But I think they did another sneaky show somewhere later on that night. Part of the course with the guys. They always do. One show is not enough for them. The football was like, as brilliant as it was, we, didn't, we decided not to win. Um, <laughs> and I mean, the guys in Frightened Rabbit weren't that bothered about it. <laughs> I believe there might have been some disparaging comments from the band, maybe celebrating on behalf of the Germans, which was all in good spirit. <laughs> Gratefully received from the crowd, I think. Obviously, you've got a big connection to the Midnight Organ Fight. Yeah. Do you have a favourite Frightened Rabbit or Scott <clears throat> record? That would be it. That sums up the band for me. We got married at Glastonbury. My wife and I both wrote our vows. I wrote mine to George Michael's Faith, sang them, even though I can't sing. Managed to find a guitarist down here who 
didn't know George Michael's face. He played it on YouTube. And he was like, can you just go jink, 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 jink for a while? And he's like, yep, yeah, I can do that. So I started singing, so do you want to get wed, 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 along that sort of lines. Amanda was much more sensible with her lyrics. She didn't sing. She wrote down her vows, the lyrics from Old Fashioned, a couple of Metallica songs, some Foo Fighter songs as well. That was just too annoying because I don't like the Foo Fighters. So yeah, Old Fashioned has got a very, very special place in my heart. That's our song. But the one I used to love singing most at the gigs, along with everybody else, was probably Backwards Walk. Are there any other distinct Scott songs that are personal favourites? Obviously, Backwards Walk is a huge shout anyway. The whole lot. It depends what mood you're in. It is like saying, what's your favourite album? It's like, what's your favourite child? I know we all have a favourite, but you can't say. I can't narrow it down to one. You've obviously mentioned a couple of special live shows for you, uh, mainly revolving around Glastonbury. Do you have any other favourite times you've seen Scott perform? The last time we saw them on the last tour up in Manchester, we went up a couple of days, stayed up there, went to see some friends beforehand, had a nice meal with them, had a few drinks, set the scene beautifully. You guys played a storming set, played beautiful classics all the way through it. The crowd were up for it, and it was just not known at the time, but an amazing way to say goodbye to Scott. I take it that was the Midnight Organ Fight 10th anniversary tour? That's the one, yeah. Yes, I was there in that Manchester crowd. Uh, were you? Yeah, <laughs> yeah definitely one of my favourite Frightened Rabbit gigs as well. It was a perfect ending. Shouldn't have been, but was. What's your favourite Scott memory? Or do you have a favourite Scott memory, a favourite memory of Scott? But then I suppose as well, is there a favourite memory just connected to the world of Scott, Tiny Changes, that's kind of come about since because of all the things that you've done? My favourite memories will be Scott performing. He did a short film and he screened it at the Prince of Wales theatre i think it's prince of wales theatre down in london we went down there he played a little acoustic set as well showed the film it's a small little tiny cinema underneath the theatre it was so close and so intimate and he was just so chatty got to meet him outside afterwards had a photo taken it was such a beautiful photo well of him the only thing that spoiled it was i was in it but it was a beautiful (laughs) photo of him beautiful smile that's my favorite personal memory of scott as although he nearly died fondly on um, putting the bench together in the early hours of the storm with the rain blustering down. So when it floods at Glastonbury, later on, you look back at it with fond memories. That was a special, special one. But what's more than special is probably the amount of people I've met through it along the way from all over the world, all walks of life, so many different people. The love and the thanks I've got back for doing something that's a, a labour of love for myself. It's such such a lovely thing. There's a lot of rabbits out there who make me proud and have helped me a lot through all the projects. Well, that is a lovely sentiment and a great way to end the first half of the standard form questions. The second half are more, should we say, deliberately designed to help people plug what they're doing for Tiny Changes? Yeah, I don't need any (laughs) plug-in. What are you currently working on for Tiny Changes? At the moment, I'm sat in a field in Glastonbury at the festival, sheltering from the sunshine for a change. I'm down here representing Tiny Changes. We're actually I'm organising a team for the litter picking crew. And there's 25 of us here. We're going to be the clearing up all the rubbish from six o'clock on the pyramid stage for a few hours every day. We're down here raising some money and also trying to raise the profile of Tiny Changes too. In the raising the profile, we've had some nice T-shirts made, lovely T-shirts. A lot of you are probably familiar with Dave Thomas, designed some of the album covers. He'd done a lot of work with, with Scott as well. Also with the book that's just come out, and he's done a lot of the artwork for that. He designed the T-shirts for us, and they are beautiful. 
they're really, really nice. We've done an edition of Thinker Space 30 at the moment. We might get a couple more done. So they're going to be quite exclusive and limited. Really nice. We are going to try and do the T-shirts slightly differently afterwards. Dave's going to look at doing a design for us. It would just be a white T-shirt. At the moment, it's got little litter pickers on there and bin bags. It sounds like it's not great, but it does look really nice. He's going to change those for Tiny Changes logos. Probably. We're going to do a white edition and we're going to make those available to all the frabbits out there and you can guess where the money's going to from that it's not going to my glass to be drinking fund it's going straight to tiny changes <laughs> it sounds like you've got more than enough to be keeping you busy i hope you get to see some of the festival along with all the great work you're doing over there have you got anything else planned to commemorate scott in any way yeah there's a couple of things coming up i think the main one's going to be the t-shirts maybe something in the future a musical tribute so we say based around uh, yeah, it'd be something more to do with Scott's hometown, I think. I don't want to say any more than that because it's a pipeline thing at the moment. But uh, yeah, hopefully we'll get something, as I say, should we say more physical <laughs> that could involve everybody. Last question that we ask everyone. Obviously, you've been heavily involved in almost all the Frabbit communities, so I'm not going to ask you if you're part of them or if you're influenced by any of their stuff. But have you done any of the other standard Frabbit tropes, stickers, a tattoo, played a tribute show anywhere? No, no, and no. I sang Old Fashioned with Frank Turner up at Glastonbury. That was it. I also sang Modern Leper with Frank up there as well. Remembered the lyrics that time. No Frightened Rabbit tattoo anywhere? No, no, no. I've got no Frightened Rabbit tattoo, but I've got a, I've got a Frightened Rabbit one. <laughs> That's what I got out of it. And uh, I noticed one of the stickers made it onto the original bench, the notorious Scott stickers that are now plastering the planet as well you've not been involved in sticking any up anywhere no and i wasn't going to stick any on the bench i said to people i asked people not to i knew they were going to anyway but uh, (laughs) (laughs) i don't concern it's fly postering it's terrible it's littering (laughs) it's almost vandalism in my eyes i think that mr daniels has got a lot to answer for there's going to be lots of councils all over the country who are scratching their heads and his name's going to be mud with them (laughs) (laughs) what he does it's a beautiful thing he's raised a lot of money and it's been such an easy way almost to connect people. I think people are amazed when they find the stickers, especially if they find the stickers somewhere close to their home. It's a lovely thing he's done. Great guy. Absolutely. He's another one on the long list who I've got to drag in at some point and have a chat to. I'd love to try and pinpoint everywhere and anywhere that those have ended up all over the planet. But that's much like yourself, such a wide reach of people who've been influenced or affected by little tiny changes that you've made. I'll completely surreptitiously talk on behalf of any Frightened Rabbit community member that I can do and say from my side of things, big thank you for being so involved. It really does. It makes a huge difference to those of us in the communities. It's lovely to have someone who's dedicated so much to themselves and thought up so many great ideas of ways of commemorating Scott, all different ways of thinking about how to celebrate a life of someone that we all really appreciated. So thank you. Well, that's great. Thank you. That's really nice. I'm in a privileged position where I can take a bit more time out from the real world and organise a lot of these things. And I know there's a lot of guys out there would love to have done it as well, but not in a position to be able to. I'm not on my own. I'm just lucky enough to be able to. Well, modest of you to say so, but we appreciate all the same. <laughs> Honestly, I will not take up any more of your time because you've got a festival to go and enjoy, even though it's just simmering at the moment. Thank you to yourself and uh, all on your end for what you're doing at Glastonbury this weekend. Have an amazing time tonight at the bar crawl. We will. It might be after the second bar. I'm just going to turn my phone off and run.
yeah cheers again for your time that's right Alex. thank you mate you're a star cheers Ed have a great right, I'll write this last to you later All right, thank mate. you very much <laughs> right. take care bye So that was Aid Cartwright there. Thanks very much to Aid and to Loz at the top of the show for taking time out of the festival to chat with me there. Thanks as well to Aid's wife Amanda for keeping Aid on track with several of the answers and sparing him for an hour or so for the interview. For information on either of Scott's benches, search Scott's Bench on Facebook. For information on the Midnight Organ Flight Project, search the Midnight Organ Flight on Facebook and YouTube. And finally, For more information on Pint for a Pal, search exactly that across all social media. So, on to this episode's community submissions from across the Frabbit universe. As episode 2 is on the theme of festivals, we'd like to share a special submission made following our shout-out for submissions on episode 1. Christy and Andy got in touch to share a voicemail left on their friend's phone by Scott at Woodford Folk Festival in Australia in 2008. Christy and Andy got separated from their friend, who they asked Scott to call to encourage them to meet them after the Frightened Rabbit show. Given the charming nature of the call, and how fitting it seemed after all the festival chat earlier in the episode, we thought we'd share the special community submission. PM. It's me, it's, it's Scott from Frightened Rabbit, and I'm sitting here with your mate Andrew, and he's, uh, he's passed the phone on, and I really don't know what to say apart from, you know, we, we truly wish you were here with us and uh, you know you, you just missed quite a good show as well by all accounts no she was there oh you were there oh you didn't miss it where are you then oh cool shit well uh you know what um thanks for being thanks for being there I hope you get this when you get home I hope you get home safe or is this your mobile I don't even know but anyway I'm going to pass you back now thanks very much Mike. thanks again to Christy and Andy for sharing such a special memento of meeting Scott in 2008 As ever, please help spread the word by liking us across social media, subscribing for notifications of upcoming episodes via our website, thescottpod.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're still looking to add a collage of Frightened Rabbit Scott-related tattoos to the artwork on the website. If you've got a Frabbit tattoo you'd be happy to share an image of with us, get in touch via the website or via the email address, which we'll give in a second. Also, we're still new, we're still a small team of contributors, so if anyone listening wants to provide feedback or volunteer assistance, do get in touch. If any of the podcast has inspired you to contribute, we're welcoming any special guest recommendations, any community submissions, and any links to listener covers via our socials or via the dedicated email address, thescottpod at gmail.com. Thanks once again to Fran Atkinson for helping me out with editing this podcast. Thanks very much to Jane Coates for helping set up the website and run the socials. Thanks to Civil Service for providing the background music for this episode. And thanks to you for listening. Finally, onto our listener cover for this episode. This one's provided by Don, a fake flamingo, from the Netherlands. Hello, Anne, unser Nederlanders, Frabich. It's my terrible Dutch there. 
I think you'll all agree this is a stunning cover. So head over to socials and follow Fake Flamingo Band or check out wearefakeflamingo.com. As ever, the cover was chosen by a special guest, Aid Cartwright, as his favourite Frightened Rabbit sing-along at gigs. Without further ado, here's Fake Flamingo with their cover of My Backwards Walk. Working on my backwards walk I'm walking with no shoes or socks As the time rewinds to the end of May I wish we'd never met then met today I'm working on my faults and cracks Filling in the blanks and gaps And when I write them out they don't make sense I need you to pencil in the rest Been working on drawing a straight line And I'll draw until I get one right But it's bold and dark, girl, can't you see? I'm done drawing a line between you and me So I'm working on erasing you But I just don't have the proper tools I get hammered, forget that you exist there's no way I'm forgetting this So I'm working hard on walking now But my shoes keep sticking to the ground My clothes won't let me close the door And my trousers seem to love your floor Working on my backwards wall Cause there's nowhere else for me to go Except back to you just one Like time Say yes before I change my mind Say yes before I You're the shit and I'm needy in it You're the shit and I'm needy you're the shit and I'm needy in it. 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 